Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, where we talk about your favorite teams every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Check out my bio there to see where I am covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. And I want to give a big shout out to all of you who have been subscribing on YouTube. We are now over 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, so I appreciate all the support there. Now we're just trying to get to a thousand followers on Twitter before opening day. So let's make that happen as well. We're up over 600 now. So if you aren't already, make sure you go follow us on Twitter. That's where we get all the good questions, comments, feedback for the show. So you want to be a part of the show, make sure you follow us on Twitter so that you can do that. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, And we are free and available on all platforms. And Friday will be another mailbag episode. So make sure you do send in those questions on Twitter. So again, another reason to go follow us at Lockdown underscore Braves. You can send in any questions that you have for the upcoming season. But on today's episode, we are going to be talking about a Wednesday's game, spring training game against the Tampa Bay Rays. A lot of good highlights, a lot of good things to discuss from that game. Then we're going to dive into the shortstop position. I know we haven't even started the 2022 season yet, but I want to do a little future looking as we look at the shortstop position after the 2022 season and what are the best options there at shortstop. And then we'll finish up with some news and notes. But getting into Tuesday's action, it was nearly a full opening day lineup which is really why I wanted to kind of dive into this game. I don't typically do a breakdown of spring training games, but this was, I mean, this was about as complete of an opening day roster as you're going to get in spring training. You had Eddie Rosario, Ozzy Albies, Matt Olson, Marcelo Zuna, Austin Riley, Adam Duvall, Dansby Swanson. Then you had Manny Pena in there instead of Travis Darno, And you had Orlando Arce at the DH spot instead of, you know, Alex Dickerson, maybe Guillermo Heredia is in the field with Ozuna DH, however you want, however that may shake out. This is still a pretty, you know, pretty close to what you'll likely see on opening day. We can get into the lineup discussion uh, later on. I would not have Albies batting second. I think we've already been down that road. But again, it's the players at least, this is most likely what you'll see on opening day. And the Rays had Shane McClanahan on the mound as well. So one of their top starters, top young starters. So a really good test for this lineup. And this, I mean, they put up 13 hits in this game. The offense was was very good. Um, the wind, as always is in spring training, was a huge factor. It kept a ball in the park that I thought Eddie Rosario got all of. It was blowing in from right field. It was pushing balls out. To left field, I think Riley got helped by a ball. 
that was hit to left field. He also hit one that needed no help at all. There's also a sequence with Riley's second homer where there was a fly ball by Ozuna that looked like it was destined for the stands in foul territory and actually blew back and landed in fair territory. And then Riley hit one that just scraped over the top of the fence that was likely aided by that same wind. So you got to take all this, you know, with a, a big grain of salt in spring training as always, but still a lot of good positives and things to take out of this game. I mentioned Riley hit a pair of home runs. Dansby also hit an absolute bomb. He got ahead in the count 3-0 against McClanahan and then just absolutely set on a fastball down the middle and crushed it over the berm in left field and up over the catwalk or the, the sidewalk behind that. I mean, just an absolute tape measure of a shot. Um, you know, wind or not, that ball was destroyed. Um, Riley and Dancy both hit one in the second inning. That's also the same inning. I thought Eddie Rosario got one out, but I think the wind held that up. I mentioned the Riley homer that he hit in the fifth inning after that Ozuna bloop single that he got. And that was came off old friend Matt Whistler. So pretty interesting there. But Riley does get the two homers. Certainly nice to see that. Olsen, Matt Olson collected another hit. This one came off a lefty. McClanahan as well, the starter for the Rays. Some might not realize it, but Matt Olson was really good, especially last year against lefties. Hit 270 last year with 22 home runs against Southpaws and nearly 250 at bat. So Shouldn't be a problem with lefties on the mound. Matt Olson can hit left, can hit right. Doesn't really matter. I mentioned the one bloop hit from Ozuna. He did also sting a ball earlier in that game, so he picked up a pair of hits. On the pitching side, Wright, O'Day, Newcomb, and Minter were all very solid. Wright and Newcomb both got into some trouble, and it was interesting to, to watch them kind of work out of it again you know, spring training, you know, got to take it for what it is. But, you know, those two, those are guys that they're trying to earn a spot. They're trying to impress. And one thing that they've really struggled from in the past is that when, you know, they walk about or a, a base runner reaches on a, an error or, you know, a bloop hit or something, it always just seems to unravel on them. And Wright had an inning where you know, he walked a batter, gave up a weak hit that – if, they, if the, the infield was playing straight up or playing double play depth, probably would have been an easy double play. And then the very next batter, they have Dansby Swanson playing right behind the second base bag. Batter rips the ball up the middle. Dansby's there and gets a double play. It just goes to show you that the, the shift it gives and it takes, you know, I'm whatever on the shift at this point, but I just found that very interesting if you were watching the game that you had one ball, this little dribbler that snuck through the shift on the right side. The next ball was hammered back up the middle, and you had the shift there, and it was an easy double play. Um, just kind of my thoughts on the shift overall. It it wins you some. It loses you some. I, I typically think the seem that it averages out a little bit. Obviously, the shift works for the most part, or teams wouldn't do it, but I don't see it being a huge deal if they do tend to ban it but that's a discussion for another time Wright was able to work out of that jam Newcomb got into some trouble of his own in his first inning he got uh, the leadoff hitter got a little bloop hit in the left field 
but for a double, stole second base, or stole third base, rather, and was on third base with one out, and then Newcomb struck out the next two batters. So that was certainly great for him. Walked a batter in the next inning, was able to work out of that as well. So good stuff from Ryan and Newcomb. Exactly what you want to see them, see them do in spring training to practice getting out of jams like that, not letting things unravel. A little bit easier when you're not going up against a team's A lineup, but still, I think that's very important for them. I'm really curious to see what is going to happen with Sean Newcomb. I mentioned yesterday's podcast, I believe it was, where you know he's going to be turning 29 soon. He still wants to be a starter. I don't see that being a role for him on this Braves team. He did go two innings on Wednesday, so maybe Snicker's going to try and let him get stretched out for that role. I, I don't know, but he's out of options. Like I said, he still wants to be a starter, and I don't see that role for him. Even if you want to put him in the bullpen, the bullpen is packed right now and already has several really good left-handed pitchers. You know, with the expanded roster, you could possibly carry him through April. Perhaps he's a trade candidate. If there's a starter, a veteran starter out there that Alex Anthopoulos likes, that maybe you want to ship Sean Newcomb over in that type of deal and, you know, give Sean a change of scenery, a place where he can start. Um, you know, and get back a veteran starter in return. I could see that maybe being a possibility. Or perhaps he does get another shot in the rotation. Like I said, he's out of options. They're going to have extra roster space to begin the season. Maybe you give him a look. You know, maybe you piggyback him with another starter. You know, maybe he and Anoa are the piggyback starters that you use early on. Let Anoa start and then bring in Newcomb you know, and see just how far he can go. I don't know. I'm really curious to see what happens with Sean Newcomb. Let me know your thoughts as well, um, what you think the plan is for him going forward. Does he? I honestly thought he'd be traded by now at this point, but do you think he gets moved this spring? You know, do you think he gets another shot in the rotation with the Braves? Does he fit in the bullpen somewhere? Let me know your thoughts on Sean Newcomb. But those were most of the highlights from Wednesday's game. Vaughn Grissom got another hit. He's now four for eight on the spring. Um, I'm working on an article where I'm going to talk about the, the best shortstop options for the Braves going forward, but we're going to discuss that here on today's podcast next. It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. The Atlanta Braves enter the 2022 season with Dansby Swanson as their shortstop, but that may not be the case any longer. Dansby enters his final season under team control, going through arbitration, which they have an arbitration hearing, coming up to determine his contract for the 2022 season, and then he'll hit free agency, 
what are the Braves going to do at shortstop? What are sh- some of the options out there for them? As you know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, shortstop is my favorite position. That's why my Twitter handle is shortstopball. I've always loved the shortstop position. It's what I played growing up. So I'm very curious to see which direction the Braves are going to go here. And I'm going to give you some of the top options as I see them right now. And this isn't necessarily in order. I'll give you my opinion at the end of what I would do. But here are some of the options right now for the Braves. They could re-sign Dansby Swanson. Would he be willing to do a team-friendly deal? I talked in yesterday's episode when we were looking at extension candidates. You know, could the Braves lock him up for four to five years at 12, 13, maybe 14 million, probably as high as I'd be willing to go? Could the Braves lock him up, you know, for that type of deal? I think that would be pretty fair. Um, I don't know what exactly he would get in the free agent market, but I think four years at you know twelve million a year. I think that's very solid for what Dansby Swanson gives you. So that is an option. The Braves could certainly do that. They could either look to you know extend him now or next year during free agency, look to lock him up, sign him to a free agent contract. Another option I just talked about, Vaughn Grisham. He is starting to really uh, catch a lot of eyes and gain a lot of attention. He already was kind of moving up the prospect rankings this offseason, but he has looked really good in spring training. Very small sample size, less than 10 at-bats, but he puts the bat on the ball. He makes hard contact. Very you know, tall shortstop, very athletic. I think he would be asking too much. For the 21-year-old, he'd be 22 going into next season to take over at shortstop for a championship contending team. I just feel like that would be a big ask. I think more likely, if the Braves believe he is the future at the shortstop position, then perhaps you sign a veteran next offseason and then start to ease Grisham into that role a little bit. He's only played 12 games at high A. I'll tell you this, what's going to be very interesting is where do the Braves start him in 2022 in the minor league season? Are they aggressive and go ahead and start him at double A, hoping that maybe he continues to hit and then maybe he has a chance to take over in 2023? Or do they send him back to high A, let him continue you know, the natural progression through the minor league system? That'll be very telling. You know, even if he goes to high A, spends a month or two there, and then gets promoted to double A, you know, there's still a chance that maybe he could take over next year. I still think, you know, that could be pushing it a little bit. But with the season he had last year, what he's doing in spring training right now, he is certainly starting to make his case for becoming the future shortstop of the Atlanta Braves. Outside of the system, Looking at some options, Trey Turner, right now, he's the biggest free agent shortstop that we know will be available. There's always the chance that the Dodgers could work out some sort of extension deal for him during the season or perhaps before the season even starts. But right now, he is set to hit the free agent market next offseason. You know, right now, it's really him. And then Dansby Swanson would be the second base shortstop option on the free agent market next offseason. 
I love Trey Turner, the player. He's been a pest for the Atlanta Braves for years. So certainly would love to have him on the team. Not great defensively at shortstop, but again, I mean, what he brings you at the top of the order with the power, speed, I mean, that is just, you know, what you what you want at the top of your lineup it's what the Braves have in in Ronald Acuna Jr and you know could you imagine those two at the top of the order you know it seems like the Braves have really kind of struggled to find that two-hole hitter I know when you put Freddie Freeman there that certainly solves that problem I think the Braves should put Matt Olson there now but could you imagine having you know Turner, Turner and then Acuna or Acuna and Turner at the top of the lineup that would be an absolute nightmare for pitching staffs, but I kind of doubt the Braves would pay him what it would take. Um, the payroll for next year is already pretty big, especially if they pick up the options of Will Smith and Charlie Morton. That's $33 million right there. That would already bring the team projected team payroll to 150, around $150 million for next year. I kind of doubt both of those options get picked up. I really doubt the Will Smith one does. The Charlie Morton one will probably more so depend on him and whether he wants to come back, even though it is a team option. But I just I can't see the Rays adding another big contract to the payroll. Same could be true for Carlos Correa and Xander Bogarts. They both could opt out of their current contracts and become free agents next offseason. But again, it's kind of hard seeing the Braves spending big there. You know, but this is a new level of spending for the Braves that we haven't seen before. So who knows? I mean, it's very weird now to think that the Braves could push the the CBT threshold. So uh, I'm not a huge fan of Carlos Correa, the person, but he is a great player. And if he came to the Braves, I would certainly cheer for him. I just didn't love the way he handled the whole trash can situation. But obviously, is a great player. Would be a great fit for Atlanta. I don't know as much about Xander Bogarts. No, he's a solid player. I probably wouldn't put him on the level of Correa or Turner. He'd probably be the lesser of those three, but I probably would still put him ahead of Dansby Swanson. So, you know, it all just depends on what those players are looking for, how much they're going to cost. But, again, I just don't see the Braves spending that much next offseason with what they already have on the payroll. I put Braden Shoemake on here as an option. He still has a lot to prove at the higher minor league levels. If that happens this this season, you know, he makes those adjustments and, you know, he does start to hit, then, you know, perhaps he gets a shot next year. Perhaps he's the guy that kind of or, or fills the gap until Grissom is ready. I don't know. I've never been a huge believer in, in Braden Shoemake taking over at shortstop. I see him more as a utility bench type player um, so I kind of doubt that is going to be the answer now as far as what I would do I would bring Dansby back and I'm a little biased here I love Dansby Swanson I love what he brings with his leadership with his winning mentality I think he is very good defensively I make I think he makes all the right decisions all the right plays defensively he may not be as flashy as others he may not win a gold glove but just his instincts on the field, I think, are, are great for what you need from the shortstop position. Obviously loves playing here, wants to be in Atlanta. Fans seem to love him. Or the majority of fans, at least the fans that aren't on Twitter, seem to love him. So, you know, that means something. Um, he, he does have the same agency as Freddie Freeman, so 
We'll see how those negotiations could work out, but I think that's probably their top option. Their best option is to try to extend Freddie Freeman and bring him back. I think the second best option right now would be to sign a veteran, maybe somebody like a Jose Iglesias or Didi Gregorius, or perhaps even bring back Andrelton Simmons. That one, that move's also kind of a little biased for me because I love Simba, but you know, bring back somebody like that on a one-year deal or a one-year deal with an option and kind of use them as a stopgap. You know, perhaps Grissom proves he's ready early in 2023, and then you start to ease him into that position. I just, I just worry about putting that much pressure on a kid that young, you know, calling them up saying, hey, here's the reins to shortstop, which I believe is the most important position on the field, maybe other than catcher. And saying, hey, lead this team, you know, to a World Series. I just think that would be putting a lot of pressure on him. I would rather find some sort of way that you can ease him into that role. I'm not really interested in paying 20 plus million dollars a year to a shortstop who's entering their 30s like Turner and Bogarts would be. You know, Correa would still be 27, so he might make more sense. You could get him on a, you know, five or six year deal. Still, uh, you know, shortstop is such a demanding and athletic position. You just don't see that many great shortstops who are in their early to mid-30s. So, again, of that, those list of free agents, Correa would probably make the most sense. You know, I don't see Turner really slowing down, but, I mean, who knows? And you take his speed away, and, he, you know, he's already not great defensively, you know, then that becomes a bad contract in a couple of years. But... I think Correa would make the most sense. He probably also might cost the most. Um, but I would either bring back Dansby or I would find some sort of stopgap until Grissom is ready. Of course, that is dependent on how his 2022 season goes in the minor leagues as he continue to hit the way that he did last year. But let me know your thoughts. Let me know what you think the Braves should do at the shortstop position going forward. What are your top options right now? What would you do as the Braves GM? Atlanta Braves superstar Ronald Acuna Jr. could be back in the field sooner than we thought. We'll discuss that next. Arbitration numbers were filed on Tuesday. We talked about that on Wednesday's episode. Uh, they, they were Numbers were filed on Wednesday, and we talked about that on the episode. Now we have the details of what each side filed for. Now remember, each side doesn't know the number that the player or the team is filing for. So some of these may seem like, you know, why didn't they just figure that out? Most likely they started at a higher or lower number, higher number for the player, lower number for the team. And then when it came time to file, they just sent in, you know, whatever their final offer was, and then they go from there. So that's how this process works. So you're going to see some of these like Max Freed. He came in at 6.85 million. The Braves were at 6.6 million. You know, that's not a ton there, ton of difference. Duvall was at 10.275, the Braves at 9.275. You know, that is a million-dollar difference right there. Luke Jackson, 4 million, the Braves at 3.6 million. Riley at 4.2 million, the Braves at 3.95 million. Swanson at 10 million, and the Braves at 9.25 million. That there might already tell you a little bit about what the Braves think of Dansby Swanson and perhaps what they think he is worth going forward, but we'll see how that plays out. Tuki Tucson and Drew Waters were optioned to Gwinnett, so they will 
most likely not be on the opening day roster. You know, there is a shot. I thought Tukey might get a shot in the bullpen as perhaps somebody as a that you could use as a, a piggyback reliever, uh, come in and give you a couple of innings. But Snicker said he wants Tukey to get more stretched out. So he believes he will need him as a starter during the season. So sending him down to Gwinnett where he continued to get stretched out as a starter. Waters was never going to win the center field job this spring, but I hated to see him leave with that hamstring injury after a couple of really good games to start spring training. Hopefully he's fine. Hopefully he'll be ready to go for the AAA season. I haven't really gotten an update on his health status since being scratched from that game. Would be huge if he takes some strides this year and perhaps gets a chance in center field at some point in 2022. Definitely be watching for that and rooting for him. Ian Anderson will start on Wednesday. Colin McHugh through a sim game. Or I'm sorry, Ian Anderson will start on Thursday. Colin McHugh through a sim game on Wednesday. And according to Kevin McAlpin, who posted a video of the sim game, he said that slider was looking filthy. So certainly good news there from the Braves' new reliever. Alex Anthopoulos said after talking with the team's training and medical staff, they now think Ronald Acuna Jr. could be playing in the field by early May instead of late May. That is certainly good news. I, honestly, I don't care if he comes back to the field in early May as long as he's playing at the DH spot. I don't want them to rush him into the field before he's ready. Certainly him in the field makes things much easier and better defensively but I don't want them to rush him back. But what this does tell me and what this signals to me is that Ronald Acuna Jr. put in the work and the team doctors agree and they feel like he is ahead of schedule, that he is doing great, and that is certainly great news for Braves fans. And I never doubted for a second that he didn't, but now that the team doctors have had a chance to evaluate him and his progress, it just confirms what he already knew and what we as fans most likely knew just watching his, his off-season training videos that he worked really hard and he is back and he is ready to go. So certainly love to hear that update. Great news for him. Still don't want to rush him back before you have to, but good to hear that he could be in the field sooner than thought. That will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. Make sure you send in your questions for Friday's Mailbag Podcast. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Subscribe to us on YouTube and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 